The Sons of Liberty is a politically neutral organization. We believe that the Judeo-Christian ethic has provided the principles upon which this nation was founded. It is our belief that these principles provide not only the foundation and framework for American government and society, but are also essential to the maintenance of a fair and just society. All program content is based on a Christian biblical worldview. One of you said to me recently that we shouldn't rock the boat. Well, ladies and gentlemen, I want to tell you that I am a boat rocker. Day America, welcome Christians, conservatives, constitutionalists, liberals, libertarians, communists, Islamists, LGBTQ, RSTV, WXYZ people, all the boat rockers in the house, and anybody else I may have missed to the Sons of Liberty Radio Show, where we use the Bible and the Constitution not to see who's on the right or the left, but who is on the straight and narrow. I'm your host, Tim Brown, coming to you live from the U.S. occupied state of South Carolina, the editor at Sons of Liberty Media.com, and for our Muslim friends, I'm the infidel that Allah warns about. I hold to the book, the Bible. As the authoritative Word of God, glad that you guys have joined us this morning. If you'd like to check us out online, please do so, sonsoflibertyradio.com and also sonsoflibertymedia.com. In fact, if you're listening by way of radio and you want to watch the video portion of the radio show, that's right, you can see the face that's made for radio. Head over to sonsoflibertymedia.com and there you're going to see two videos at the top of the page. The one on the left side is Bradley's show from the previous day, so you can check that out up until 3 p.m. Eastern at which time he'll be live in that area. On the right side of the page is where we're at. Now, you guys watching, obviously, this isn't <laughs> what the show's about today. I wasn't lying. We are, li- we are live right now, but we are pre-recording the show. But right side of the page is where you want to go to watch the show. If you want to head over to sonsoflibertymedia.com, click the play button, blow it up on whatever device you got. Look for the Rumble icon, bottom right-hand corner. Click on that, and you can join us in the chat on Rumble. We've got a lot of friends over there in the morning, so good morning to you guys. And also, while you're there, be sure to, to uh, subscribe to the channel. Sons of Liberty Radio Live is the name of the channel on Rumble. You can find it in the search, Sons of Liberty Radio Live. And then also, beforeitsnews.com, top of the page, they're carrying us over there. We appreciate them doing that uh, very much. And uh, also, what, going back to sonsoflibertymedia.com, if you'd like to, sign up for our email newsletter. You get all of the uh, articles that we put out for the day there, including the morning show archive. So we archive this for you. We put the video, the podcast, anything that we mention in there, plus the previous day's stories in there, along with maybe some bonus videos. You might get some of those. I find things of interest. I toss those in there that I'm not focusing my attention on here. You can sc- subscribe for that at sonsoflibertymedia.com. Also, I forgot to pull this up before the show. But uh, we are making mention of uh, Bradley's new book uh, that's out, and I think I'm going to have to sit here and read. Nope, I'm not going to have to do that. His new book that's out, and it's also got a T-shirt. You can see I got things that I'm a frugal kind of guy. I try to save money on anything I can do it. Uh, Soldiers of the Cross T-shirt, twenty bucks. Great artwork done by Eric Hollander. Um, if you're double X or triple X large. Uh, You're going to pay about $5 more just for the material. And then also his book is out as well, Soldier of the Cross, and that's $10, so $30 together. If you want to get a package deal on that, please do that. Uh, Support the ministry in it, and I think you'll be edified and encouraged by what you read there. Now, i got to tell you, today 
I've got a, uh, I, I, I think a new friend, a brother from another mother, as we as we say. And uh, I met him at the Healing for the Ages conference. Never heard of him before, but I did get his book. Yes, I swiped it from one of my friends at LifeWave uh, because us media people, because we were allowed in, we didn't get one of those. But I did get the book, and I did start reading a little bit of it on the flight back home. And uh, we had a chance to do a short interview uh, during the time. He was the only doctor I got to do it with because of the, the way the timing of the sessions was. And I said, we need to bring you on. Let's talk a little bit about these kinds of things that, are, that went on at the session. And it's my privilege to welcome to the Sons of Liberty, uh, Dr. Henry Ely. Brother, good morning. It's good to be here with you, brother. So, so grateful, <laughs> man. Thank you so much. And uh, yeah, I'm glad that we get to do a um, a more PG rated. <laughs> yes, yes. Family, family oriented. Yeah, family oriented uh, one. I felt really bad about that interview on uh, the first one. So thanks for bringing me back. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's my privilege to have you back on. And the thing is, I, I, when I went there, this is what I told people when I came back. I said, I came back. We'd been to Red Pill. Uh, a mm-hmm. month before, right. and it was a great it was a great time, great people there and all. But there was something different about this conference, like mindedness, and mm-hmm. the the just the presentations. Everybody was very relaxed. Uh, I appreciated that you guys are doctors, and yet uh, you're very humble to say when you don't know something, you're you're humble enough to say, "Hey, this this guy over here taught me something." Uh, and you encourage what you spur one another on that way. And I think that's how things should be. What, no matter if it's, if we're talking about our health or we're talking about politics or whatever we're talking about, that we can spur one another on to see things and help one another come to the truth there. Amen. Well, the, first of all, I think glory always goes to God, right? And if you establish that, that's right. As your, as your backbone, then it allows you to remain in service and it allows you to remain in complete humility. Uh, which gives you the freedom to say, hey, I don't know. And I, I thing I teach all of my students is, folks, there are libraries filled with information that you'll never know because there's too much to learn in one lifetime. And I think that what we what we want to always espouse is that humility uh, for our creator and saying, you know, one of my, like I've been telling folks, my favorite thing to do every morning, and I just finished prayer before I came on, is to say to say to our father, I, I love you. You know, I mean, it's just, it's the most, it brings me the most joy of anything I do in the day. And I think if we stay in that mentality, it allows us to work together collaboratively, um, to lift each other up, um, because we realize that this isn't about our ego and this isn't about us being like the know-it-alls and I figured all this out. I'm like, you know, Tim, when you look at a healing process, for example, like to take somebody from disease all the way to feeling really, really good and energetic again, there are so many things that have to happen along that journey for them. And my involvement is if the journey is a hundred miles, my involvement is really like a millimeter of that, you know, in terms of the education, all the work that's done, all the work that's done at the cell level. Uh, that happens for the healing to occur and then happens the spiritual level for that healing to occur. That's all by God's divine design, not mine. Amen. So I just get to participate in it and it's a privilege to participate in it. And one of the things you said at the conference, uh, I think you kind of teamed off what Dr. Group said. He talked about mm-hmm. um, referencing the doctor as a teacher. And I, I've made mention of that as well. And mm-hmm. then you came along and you said, I don't like calling 
my students, patience, share with people why that is. And because I think this is part of when I talk to people, I catch myself saying things I shouldn't say. Um, mm-hmm. Like, uh, I, I, you know, I used to say, good luck. Well, there is no such thing as that. God is, has divine providence, and so you say good providence, right? But you catch yourself saying it, and you have to repent of that. I like that. So, so you're giving a little bit of repentance. Can you share with people so they understand what you call your – why you call your uh, – not your patients. I see I'm going to mess that up. Why you, call, why you refer to people who come to you as students. Right, right. Well, um, I think the first thing we want to do is, uh, is all agree that there's a tremendous energy in words, right? Um, and that there's, and, and that's what makes prayer so special. That when when we pray, we are creating an inten- incantation of God's love and protection for us, over us. And that's why one of the things that we're very adamant about, in when whatever faith uh, someone has, is that you pray multiple times every day. You know, and that's something that I lead by example with. Um, when we talk about dossiere, doctor, the word doctor comes from the Latin root dossiere, which means to teach. And you see that so much of the evil incantations are based upon Latin. Latin is their preferred language. And what that means is that if we understand their languaging and what things, what the etymology of words are, we can get to the energy of what the word is and decide whether we want to continue to use it. Like you said, good luck. We should be saying good providence. And I'm going to start doing that. I I like that. That's a beautiful and brilliant thing, but we have to use the right words to create the right energy. So when we talk about dossiere, doctor, doctor means teacher. And when you get into a teacher, a teacher should have a student. And a student, the etymology, the energy of that word means one who aspires and strives, strives to know more. Well, when you look up patient and what the etymology, what the energy of that word is in Latin, is that the etymology is he who suffers and endures misfortune. So if you stop for a second and you just go, okay, well, if a doctor is a teacher, then a teacher should have a student. And that's someone who's aspiring, not someone who is enduring and, you know, suffering and misfortune. It's the same reason why I don't allow any of my students to refer to themselves as victims. Victim is someone who puts themselves on the altar of sacrifice for a deity, not God. And, um, you know, I think we know who and whom we're speaking of at that Correct. point. Yep. So, um, so I think there's a tremendous energy in words and a tremendous ability to evoke God's love throughout the, throughout our world by using the correct words. And I think that we have to have and elevate our consciousness to be able to make sure we're doing it. Like I, I know for you, I know you and I had had this conversation off air, I think that, you know, when we hear blasphemy, it like it, I was listening to it last night and I was like this close to interceding in a conversation out at dinner. Um, and I was like, if this guy says it one more time, I'm going to step in, you know? Um, and, and it's just because there's such an unconsciousness that people are speaking with and they don't realize that they're being the arbiters of evil in what they're doing. And I think that's what, when we elevate our consciousness into simple things, like I'm a doctor, I'm not taking patients, I'm taking students, right? And simple things like that, we start to wrestle back control of what's going on in our world, and it starts with the magic of words. 
Yeah, one of the things that that happened uh, as well, and I noticed on your site, by the way, for people who want to go there, and we'll make mention of it later, energetichealthinstitute.org. You can check him out there. At the bottom, you you actually have free sessions where you teach people on different days of the week. Can you tell people a little bit about about what that offering is? Because you you guys, all you guys have had successful. Um, I, do you want to call them practices? Like, I, I hate using that term because it sounds like right. you're practicing right. instead of you know what you're doing. Uh, but you've had you guys have all been successful, and this wasn't an issue of money for you guys. You genuinely want people to learn how to stay healthy or to do the things necessary so the body can be can be healed itself. Uh, can you tell people about what you offer people each uh, these days that you're on that you give them free guidance here <laughs> as a student? For sure. Well, you know, we want what it is for us, like you said, Tim, is it's it's all about service, right? Um, you know, every morning that I wake up, I renew my devotion. And my devotion is to, you know, to do what is asked of me. And what's asked of me is to do his work. So I, I make sure that that's at the forefront of what I do. Um, we We understand that some people will, you know, definitely want to come in and study in our holistic nutrition certification or our detox certification and, and really have this wonderful experience. But not everybody uh, for various reasons can afford it. And we want to make sure that we are able to be of service to everyone. So once a month, what we do is we have a free educational clinic. Uh, we just hosted one this past Tuesday. And all I did was taught on the immune system. I actually pulled some stuff from the Healing for the Ages presentation that I did. And uh, I, that I couldn't get to. I, and I told everybody, I was like, look, this was something I didn't get to in the depth that I wanted to. So, you know, let's learn together about it. So what we did was, and it says every third, yeah, they, they updated it. Yeah, it's every third Tuesday of the month, 6 p.m. Pacific. And what we do is we just bring people on. Now, we, we've been bringing hundreds of people on um, once a month. But now what we're going to do, I think, next month, if we can get there, it'll be the following month if we can't, is we're going to open it up to a larger chat. Uh, session um, so that we can hopefully have some several thousand people on with us and just going like, hey, I'm just going to sit here and I'm going to teach you just like I teach students in the in our programs. And uh, we're going to treat you like intelligent adults and we're going to field questions and we're going to help you understand this amazing gift of life and, and human body that um, that God has given us, that God gave us perfection in his first version. We don't need humans monkeying around with it to Give us human 2.0 or whatever they're trying to do. Yep, absolutely. Now, speaking of that, you brought out some information about the World Health Organization. I don't know if you know James Roguski, uh, but mm -hmm. he's been very active in getting the message out about how they're trying to uh, change. They're trying to produce an amendment um, to the international health regulations, uh, mm -hmm. giving themselves all this power. And I don't know who elected these people. I mean, they got Terrace Teddy running the thing. This guy drove his uh, country into bankruptcy uh, when he was the health minister there. He was a terrorist himself. And, and yet they want to usurp power. And sadly, we have traitors in our midst who want to give them that power. So they're, they're wanting to do these kinds of things. But you were pointing out exactly what the World Health Organization's logo was. Mm -hmm. And I thought this is a good way to contrast... Uh, what they're doing with their, as we point out from Revelation 18.23, their pharmakia, their sorceries, versus mm -hmm. going back to what the Creator has given us 
in the creation to care for ourselves. Can you enlighten our audience a little bit about that logo? Absolutely. So if anyone goes and, and just does a simple like DuckDuckGo search on, on the World Health Organization logo, it'll take them to a page on the WHO's website. And when you look at it, you have to understand what it's, there are several elements on it. The first is that you see the world, okay? World Health Organization, they'd have a world in there. The second thing that you see is a target. So from like a gun over the world, they are targeting the entire world. And then below that is you see uh, laurel wreaths and laurel wreaths are celebrations of victory, meaning they expect to be successful uh, in what they're doing. And then on top of all of that is the cult of Asclepius symbol. The cult of Asclepius is the stick and the snake. A lot of people and have missed, and I was in this uh, at, at one point as well, a lot of people mistaken that uh, stick and snake for a reference to the Bible in the story of Moses, and I think it was the copper uh, snake. Um, and that is not what that is. That dates back to um, the uh, Greek period, about 700 BC. And what that is, is a specific cult. They actually call it what it is, a cult. And I keep saying this word because I'm trying to drill this into people. That is a symbol of a cult. The cult of Asclepius were a priesthood in, um, in ancient Greece that believed that they could channel their god, Asclepius, and he would guide them on how to use a scalpel. And that's where uh, the word scalpel comes from, means to cut. It comes from Asclepius. Um, that they would guide them on how to perform surgery. So there's actually stories in ancient Greece uh, that I've read, and you can these are all online, where they tried to get a worm, for example, out of a woman's body. Um, they tried to get a worm out of her body by cutting her head off, and they extracted the worm, and then they couldn't figure out why they couldn't reanimate her um, because the god Asclepius had told them that if they cut off her head, they, they would be able to reattach the head and she would be able to be reanimated. Wow. She'd be healed, right? So these are, these are the thing about the cult of Asclepius you ha really have to understand is these are snake worshipers. And the snake worshipers ultimately morph into a group called the Ophites. The Ophites are Gnostic Christians. And the Ophites then morph into the Knights Templar and then that morphs into... Um, the French intellectualism movement with the development of Baphomet and these other um, really, I mean, just, I don't know how to describe them other than just straight psychopathic evil concepts. <clears throat> and so what ends up happening is you have this group in just kind of like some of the Republicans in our, um, in our country, there are Republicans in name only. You have groups in the Christian faith and in, in the Vatican that are Christians in name only. Sure. And the Gnostic Christians are one of those groups. They never gave up their worship of snakes. So what happens is you get a 2019 letter from Pope Benedict to all Catholics warning that Gnostic Christians have taken over the Vatican and have taken over the Catholic faith. And you and then people just ignore it. And I'm like, that's actually a big deal because a lot of people don't know that Gnostic Christians trace back to the cult of Asclepius. So what we're seeing globally right now is a big push by the cult of Asclepius 
which has a small following, but they're very influential and they have incredible Luciferian ties. You're seeing a big push by the cult of Asclepius to be the arbiter of world global health. And you'll see things like One Health, you'll hear the World Health Organization, you'll see all this stuff, but really what it is, is a maturation of Operation Paperclip in our country in 1945, where Alan Dulles brought in over 1,600 Nazi scientists to the United States. They didn't want to lose what the Nazis had figured out. And these Nazis, of course, are Gnostic Christians. Um, they didn't want to figure, they didn't want to lose that information. So Alan Dulles brought over what the Nazis were studying, which is mind control. And I explained a lot why they do that. We can talk more on this show if you want to. But essentially what you have now is the United States acted as an incubator for Nazi scientists for roughly, where are we at? Uh, 55, yeah, about, about 70, about 75, 75 yeah. about 75 years. And then what you get is the maturation of their bioweapon delivery systems. The bioweapon delivery systems are to knock out specific targeted groups and also usher in mind control and total control, totalitarian control for the cult of Asclepius and the Luciferians that are running it. Okay, so these are things we've all heard before. If they people listen to Sons of Liberty, they've they've heard about the Nazis coming over through Operation Paperclip. The continued it's a it's amazing to me, Henry, that they they have uh, some of the same companies that were funding the mm -hmm. Nazis that were fighting against our boys. I mean, they're traitors. Some of those same companies are still going to IG Farben, Bayer, all the stuff. IBM still going on today here in this country. We still yep. allow it. And the, and the only explanation I can figure out is exactly what you're saying, that the people have been controlled. So you, I recently heard you talking about those delivery systems and this whole this snake cult worship stuff. Mm -hmm. And one of the things is obviously tied in with artists, of course, is the Venom products that they're putting out. So that all makes sense as to why they're doing it. Mm -hmm. The obvious question, though, is... What were their delivery systems? Because I think what you were saying, there was two of them, and I think that these tie right in with what Artis has been talking about, that some people say, oh, you're crazy, this doesn't happen, the science doesn't match. Mm -hmm. Well, we know when they talk science, they really mean pseudoscience, and the Bible tells us, Paul wrote to Timothy, he says, you, you got to watch out for those guys who uh, hold falsely to science, they hold to pseudoscience. Mm -hmm. Tell us what they've discovered and what were their delivery systems for the poisons that they were using on their own people. Right. Well, the, the Nazis in, in uh, Auschwitz and Treblinka and Buchenwald and these things, they were studying mind control because they understood that they, well, they expected to win the war and they understood that their military was going to be decimated and they were going to have huge control of huge swaths of land all around the world. And they wanted to um, essentially say, well, we're not going to be able to control through force, especially immediately after the war. What, what, what we're going to need to do is control the mines and also be able to. Whoops, we froze up there. Two main delivery systems. The first delivery system was going to be control of the waterways by the development of water treatment facilities where they could pour whatever they wanted, any knockout compound. Um, like Zyklon B or anything like that. They could pour it into the water and kill people. <clears throat> so 
what you get is um, my internet connection said it was a little unstable. Yeah, it's okay. Um, but of course, um, but what you get from there is you get the first major delivery system. The first major delivery system is water, right? So this is where we've been teaching at the conference a lot about how to take control of your water back. Because when you do that, you eliminate a, the largest percentage of their delivery system of their bioweapons. All right. And that's that's my personal opinion. Can I ask you something on that? Yeah. And, and mm -hmm. let you continue. I don't mean to interrupt, mm -hmm. but mm -hmm. I, I think this is important for people to think. When they get into the cities, they won't let people have well water. They make them right. get on, and then they make them pay for it. Get on mm -hmm. the get on the water, get on the waste treatment, the sewage, and things that they're on there. That's by design, it looks like to me. Oh, it's totally by design, because in 1945, the Nazis, that's, that was their plan. That was one of theirs. By 1948, after Operation Paperclip, we have the 1980, 1948 Federal Water Pollution Act, which allows the government now to seize control of all waterways and to start to erect water treatment facilities. So then by 1950, what you start getting is the introduction of sodium fluoride. And then what did they lie to us and tell us? You need it for healthy bones and teeth. No, you don't. It actually does the exact opposite for um, healthy bones and teeth. Um, it sequesters magnesium. It takes that out. It creates heart disease. I mean, and then they can start putting in whatever they want, heavy metals. Heavy metals were what the Nazis were really studying for mind control. The Nazis had figured out that you have to first malnourish someone for them to be susceptible to mind control, that all this other stuff and pollution doesn't really work if a person has nutrient availability. Then number two, you have to introduce heavy metals. And so the Nazis were very much studying aluminum in terms of introduction and aluminum being able to disrupt neural pathways. And, and then what you do is you bring in repeated messages and then that becomes a 24 hour news cycle. And then the fourth thing you bring in when you need to is the stick, the lash, you know, the punishment. And when you do those things, now you can start to control large swaths of people. So they had the waterway as one of their primary deliveries, but they had a second delivery system. The second delivery system they were studying, especially at Buchenwald, was vaccines. And they had an experiment that General Patton and General Eisenhower uh, found when the Allied forces uh, took over Buchenwald. And they found that um, there was a study on typhus. They were, they were developing a typhus vaccine. Now, the typhus vaccine was deemed unsuccessful. It killed 700 out of 800 people that were in one of the studies. The was deemed unsuccessful by the Nazis because it did not kill 800 out of 800. Wow. Okay. So what you have to understand is the mentality of a Nazi. They're Gnostic Christians. They have a completely different belief system. They talk about Jesus and they talk about God and things like that. And they talk about, you know, the Aryan race and all this other garbage, you know, propaganda stuff. But when you get down to it, they study and practice the occult. That's why you go into, you know, these, these camps. And what do you see? You see shrunken heads and you see lampshades made out of human skin and all these trinkets that were made. And these are all documented. You don't have to believe me. You can go look this stuff up. But they were the Hitler and the Nazis were heavy into the occult. And this comes out of the French um, Gnostic, uh, the French Gnostic Christian intellectualism movement of the of the 1800s, where you have, I think it's Elias Johnson, um, I might have his name wrong, I, 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 who developed Baphomet. And you start looking at you start looking at what the direction is. 
And when you start tracing lineages, these lineages go all the way back actually to the pharaohs of uh, and of Egypt, and then right before that, Babylonia. I mean, Babylon. And you know, it, it's just this—it's this sick thing that is we've never eradicated out of humanity. It's just kind of consistently festered, and it keeps morphing into whatever group it needs to, so that it can stay in some position of potential control. It's just now it's kind of gotten out of it's not gotten out of hand. It's it's it is trying to kill us all. And so what you what you look at with this is where how have these Nazis that we brought into our country, you know, how have they made bioweapons acceptable? So what I'd like to teach people, Tim, is that we are basically in the third generation of bioweapons today. The first generation was 1945 to 1967, and it consisted of sodium fluoride, aluminum, thimerosal, mercury, pesticides, and um, Teflon nonstick cookware. And so what are the payload delivery systems? How, do, how are they getting these bioweapons into people's body? Through water treatment facilities, through vaccines, and through the food supply. And then around 1968, you see a shift happen. 1968 in the literature, what uh, the shift that happens is they start to be playing with more cellular-driven bioweapons. And this is where you start to see them playing around in the labs with plasmids. Plasmids are DNA, circular DNA rings found normally in bacteria, but that can be modified in a lab to be attached to things like adenoviruses um, and, uh, and so forth so that you can basically infect microorganisms, bacteria and yeast with whatever you've created in a lab. The challenge of a plasmid is that a plasmid is self-replicating. And if they put the right promoters on there, some people may have heard of SV40 and CMV and T7. If you put the right promoter on the plasmid, on that DNA, what happens is it becomes what's called constitutive. And that means that it's always turned on. And so when people say, well, these shots, they were just premature, they just weren't ready, the mRNA just wasn't ready, it needed a few more decades or something like that, it's actually, it's such garbage. It's like, when I hear people say that, I'm like, you do not understand that these shots that were released in uh, upon the world that were, were, were just, and I say that word intentionally, were released upon the world in 20 late 2020 and all throughout 2021 and 2022 and, and are still on the market today. Those have been in development for at least 50 years, according to their published peer-reviewed literature. They knew exactly what these were going to do. These were intended to be bioweapons because their genesis comes from the Nazis who were using vaccines as bioweapons for population and mind control. And so when you get into the period of 1968 to 1999, you get the plasmids coming up. Now you start getting genetically modified yeast, genetically modified bacteria, genetically modified foods. You get the introduction of glyphosate, Monsanto's Roundup. You get neonicotinoids coming on the scene. You get proton pump inhibitors, you know, that the, the antacids, right, to really attack yep. our mitochondria. You get statin drugs coming on. And you get something that a lot of people just heard of in the last couple of years. It's actually been here for decades, graphene oxide. And what you get is the same payload delivery systems, water treatment facilities, vaccines, food supply. But now with graphene oxide and the chemtrails, 
you get a new delivery system, the air. And then that takes us from 1999, ending that second generation of bioweapons. You get into the third generation, and that's 2000 through today. And what you get into this third generation of bioweapons is the use of bioweapons from the first two generations. But you also get some very interesting new advances. You get things like Dr. Artis showed in our Thursday freebie, trans-splice deadly venoms. They can take cobra toxin, put it half of it in one plasmid, half of it in another plasmid, introduce it into a mouse, into a mammalian cell, and those plasmids will recombine and form the entire code automatically for cobra venom. And it is lethal in 100% of all of the mice that were in this study. The Nazis would be proud, wouldn't they? They would, this, this, is, this is Hitler's wet dream, hmm. is what's going on right now. And what you see is they have blue light emission. I've done a lot of talks in the last month on blue light. Make sure you turn the blue light off on your phone, off on your computer screen, off on your, your home uh, TV. Why? Because blue light activates CRISPR gene drive technology. And this is from a study we found from DARPA on this. This is all published. It's, it's hiding in plain sight. And that's a Luciferian tenet. They can't forcibly take dominion over you. You have to willfully surrender dominion to them. So they'll tell you everything they're doing. And if you go along with it, you are giving them control over your, your body and your soul. And that's what they're after. So we have the N1 methylated pseudouridine in, in the Pfizer and the Moderna. Those were, were in development for 20 years. Um, the lipid nanoparticles were in development for 40 years. The SARS-CoV-2 is, a, is the ancestor, or, or should say the, it, it should say HIV is its ancestor. HIV was the proof of concept that they could create something in a lab and then it could be reverse transcribed. Um, it could reverse transcribe itself into DNA in the human cell and create havoc. Well, the SARS-CoV-2 is the next generation of that process. And now what they're working on very openly is a, a genetic technique called gene drive. This is with CRISPR. So that's why I'm associating those for everybody. It's CRISPR is the technology. Gene drive is the catchy propaganda name. And what gene drive is involved in, and it's involved in those mosquitoes. Everybody's heard about the GM mosquitoes being released all over the world, right? Yep. yep. Well, the gene drive mosquitoes, what they are there for is to um, mate with um, wild, let's call them wild type mosquitoes. And the, what gene drive does is it knocks out specific reproductive protein sequences in the female's body. And what it allows for is within three generations, 100% extermination of that species because the species will no longer be able to procreate. And people are thinking, well, that's great. I don't like mosquitoes. Well, if, folks, if they can do that to a mosquito, they can do that to anything. Well, let, let, and, let's let's talk about that for a second. I don't like mosquitoes either, okay? Uh, mm-hmm. I go out on the back porch uh, on occasion and hang out with my boys or my wife or, or friends come over or something like that. I don't want mosquitoes bothering me either. But the fact of the matter is... There, we're in an ecosystem that God's created, and those mosquitoes exist for a reason. And, uh, you know, everybody knows—I I think everybody should know—that frogs eat mosquitoes. And so they're, they're a food supply for some other kind of animal, uh, as well as some other things. And so yep. that's what I was saying. We, we showed people uh, the Colombian 
uh, mosquito farm, if I can call it that. It's a it's a building there where they produce like 10 million of these GMO, uh, Bill Gates funded mosquitoes a week. And then we have yep. we have traders in our midst like Ron DeSantis and others who just release them on the population. Oh, it's nothing to worry about. Don't worry about that. And maybe they don't even know everything that's going on. And maybe they do. I'm not sitting here trying to figure it out, but it's a bad. You made mention that they had these these things laid out in documents. One of the documents I ran across here recently, 1954, Silent Weapons mm-hmm. for Quiet Wars. Yep. They, they found this in a... In, in a copier is what it was saying. A surplus copier from Boeing aircraft in 1986, but it was from uh, 1954. And they mm-hmm. actually tell you all of the stuff and more that was being planned. Poison the food, poison the water, poison the air, do all this kind of stuff. And you're just sitting here thinking, if we could see this clearly enough, the constitutional militia, which is us able-bodied men, by the way. It's not the, it's not mm-hmm. the women, it's the men. The men are set by God to be protectors. We would go and deal with these people, these lawbreakers, because under our Constitution, Article 1, Section 8, Clause 15, that is the real law enforcement. It's not the police officers, it ain't the sheriffs, it's not the guard, it's not the military, it's the men. We're to be the, we're to be the moral compass, the, the church of the Lord Jesus, and we're to be the ones who go and enforce the law. And these guys are breaking the law. Of the, they're engaged in premeditated murder. I don't even know how anybody could come to any other conclusion. Right. Well, it, yeah, it's it's clear as it's clear as a purified glass of water that I showed everybody. Yes. <laughs> you know, when you when you get down to it, it's it's premeditated murder for profit. Um, and, and I think that's where, you know, it, it's uncomfortable for all of us to have that conversation, but we have to have this adult conversation. Um, you know, we have to start that conversation to, to be able to say, well, what are we going to do about this? And I agree with you. It's up to the men to do something about this, you know, and that's, that's been my whole, it's been my whole thrust for the last four years has been that, you know, I'm, I'm not going to let this go. They killed and murdered children, I'm not letting this go. I'm not going, I'm not going before God and saying, you know, when he asked me, what did I do to protect his children? I'm not going before him and say nothing, you know, and I think that's the mentality we have to, um, we have to bring forward because when you understand the history of what's going on, when you understand the rollout of all of this, I mean, they, they made Teflon, like you said, silent war. They made Teflon nonstick cook- cookware, you know, something that people would purchase. Why did they do that? Because they convinced everybody that, you know, your old cast iron skillets, which actually are medicinal, and your stainless steel um, skillets that get passed down from generation to generation are no good. Now, you know, you, you don't want the inconvenience of scraping a, a fried egg the remnants of a fried egg off of those you want it the ease of just having it slide off the pan and onto your plate right and that's how they got us they get us by catering to our desire to not be inconvenienced and i think that's something we're going to have to surrender hmm. we're going to have to allow ourselves to be inconvenienced and and find the joy in growing our own food again find the joy in working together in in small community collaborations of okay you grew this i grew this let's Let's say I got some extra, you got some extra, and we are going to have to return to some basic models that humanity has always relied upon for our continued, um, our continued existence on this Amen. planet, which is celebration of each other and celebration of our, our very deep faith in, in, 
in in our creator who has given us this wonderful gift of life and yeah. i think that's that's where it to me it just tim it just gets to this place where it's like you know look we can we can exp- explain everything that's going on it's now it gets to the point where the rubber meets the road and it goes well what do you want to do about it you know i'm i'm not going on i'm not getting on a cattle car i don't care if it's just a digital one or anything like that i'm not going to allow them to sell me that something that is convenient which gives them more control is somehow in my best interest that's not true you know um and i think what we have to do is just start having these honest conversations because like you said our boys went across that those waters you know east and west to make sure that freedom was for everyone and freedom was for all and i'm not going to be the person that you know goes to arlington and urinates on their graves for that great service that they gave to humanity just so that we could bring Nazis into our country and let them do what Nazis do. You know what I mean? Like it just, it doesn't make any sense to me. So. Yeah. We talk about that all the time is, you know, remembering those who have given them themselves uh, many of them. It's sad to say many of them in recent wars, at least after world war two that I know of, gave their lives thinking they're doing it for freedom and what they were fighting was corporate wars. Nevertheless, their mentality, they were willing to go and do that. And that's that, you know, that's why we, we we're not, I'm not going to sit here and disrespect them, but I'm going to say, you really should have known what was going on and stood up and said no to it because that's our responsibility to do. We're to, we're to be informed and to say no, when there's, there's a time to say, no, I've said we could stop a lot of these wars that are going on now. If we'd say, okay, you guys that think it's such a good idea to have a war, why don't you go? We'll send mm-hmm. you and your boys over there. You be mm-hmm. you be the ones that because that's the way they were in the past. Men who led and said this is a a a, a good fight. They were the first ones to go, weren't they? So let's ask this question because you've given us some history here, and I'm glad because that was something I wanted you to communicate to the audience. But I'm all about the solutions because that's what mm-hmm. you guys talked about at the conference. Solutions. So you gave here's the problem. We lay out the problem, but here's the solution for it. And I want to give you time. What are some solutions? Because you you made mention of something that I've made reference to. Uh, Jeremiah says, you know, go back to the old paths. And mm-hmm. I don't think that's just the moral issues. We need to go back to, to God's form of morality that he laid out for us. There's no question about that. We need to repent and go towards that. But he, he's talking about... You know, going back, he said, I would have fed you with the finest of wheat. I would have given you honey out of the rock. I would have given you, uh, you know, the water of life, all of this stuff, if you would have just come to me. But they wouldn't have it. They wouldn't have what God wanted to give them. They wanted something they thought was better. And isn't that the mentality still the same today? Men are just finding new ways to commit the same old sins. So how's a way we can go? how, How are some of these things dealing with our health? How is a way we can go back to the old paths? And I think in that, we trust God, Psalm 91, that he protects us. He protects mm-hmm. us from these things. Just like artists said, they, they want to kill everybody, and 99% of the population lived. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I think it comes down to, Tim, uh, fools do foolish things. And I think one of the things for all of us has been we've we've all been guilty of that at some point in our lives. Uh, and I, I think when you talk about repent, you know, it it holds a lot of meaning because it's it's just the acknowledgement that I was on the wrong path and that I'm going to get on the wrong the right path. Uh, and what is that right path? That path is anything that leads you to God. 
um, you know, when I when I work with people, it, it comes down to a, a, I think a deeper understanding that when people are having really strange thoughts, you know, thoughts that don't make sense, thoughts that are against their own self interests, you know, and that they're just so passionate about that ill that that really disease thought. It's an evidence of uh, of accumulation of bioweapons in their body, and we got to help them get those bioweapons out so that clarity can be restored. You know, clean body, clear mind. Clear mind allows you to see what's going on, and it's difficult to expect someone to see who's really polluted. So, what we start talking about is understanding the delivery systems. And if you understand their delivery systems, it gives you the ability to make choices to either inhibit, avoid, or eliminate altogether their delivery systems. So, for example, we said the Nazis had settled on the two main things were water and vaccines. Well, like for me, I've already made that choice. I'm never getting another vaccine. I haven't had a I haven't had a vaccine since I was 13 years old, and think because of the last one I had almost killed me. And my mother, thank God bless her, was just like, "Yeah, we're done with this." Um, when it it put me into acute renal failure, put me into a state of constant seizures and things like that. And my mother was like, "No, we're done." Um, so the first thing I think for folks is with like the vaccines is saying no. We're not putting that in our body. Um, in, and I would say that I wouldn't even consider putting it in my body until you eliminate the protections of the 1986 National Childhood Vaccine Injury Act, 42 USC 300 AA-11 and-22. And I would also not even consider it until you remove the PREP Act. Until you make these companies liable for products that injure and kill, there is no reason to trust them and put those products into your body Amen. under any circumstances. Now, that's the first thing. Just say no. So now you've eliminated that delivery system. So then you get to the next delivery system, water. Well, this is what we showed at the conference, the importance of taking tap water and gravity filtering it and then distilling it and then giving you the opportunity to pray over it, giving you the opportunity to give gratitude for it, giving you the opportunity to structure it into something that's very medicinal. And I don't think that's an accident that the EPA, which is weaponized, all of our agencies are weaponized against us right now. Thank you, Joseph. Um, all of our, uh, like the EPA filed a lawsuit against Berkey the largest manufacturer of gravity filtration filters um, and has been doing so for 25 years. Same formula for all their filters for 25 years. The EPA just a couple weeks ago said, we're going to sue you and seize all your inventory and put you out of business. And they and Berkey fired back with the lawsuit, thankfully. And they saying, well, why are you doing that? Well, you have a pesticide in your black Berkey filter. And Berkey's like, what's that pesticide? The pesticide that Berkey is accused of having in their filters is colloidal silver. Colloidal wow. silver <laughs> poses no harm yep. whatsoever. It's actually right, a healthy to, thing. It's a healthy thing. It's bacteriostatic. It kills bacteria. And it's been in there for 25 years. But now they're saying it's, it's classified as a pesticide. So we are going to now seize all of your inventory and put you out of business. And that's uh, that's unacceptable. And why would they why would they do that? Because we have figured out 
the importance of Berkey. We have figured out the importance of gravity filtration to eliminate so much of their bioweapon delivery system in the water, right? So that's number one. So we show people how to do this. It's really simple. Filter Gravity filter your water with Berkey or another company we found we really like. This is my favorite one, Alexa Pure. Gravity filter your water. Then you distill your water after you've gravity filtered it. And that's the key thing we didn't know until a few months ago. It's not enough just to do one stage of cleaning of your water. You have to do two. And then you take that distilled water, that that, and now it that water, the memory of the water, because that's the beautiful thing about God, the water that God created is it's been completely cleaned. And now it has no memory of the negativity. And that makes it impressionable for prayer. And now you can actually pray over your water and it will create structure. And when you create structure in your water, and this is what I showed at the conference with the, with the ice cubes and comparing the tap water ice cubes to the structured water ice cubes. When you have structure in your water, what it does is it participates in cell signaling at the cellular level in your body. So it improves how cells talk to each other and it improves how the body communicates and how the body heals. Remember that your body is two-thirds to three-quarters water, so it makes water kind of important, right? And this is what God was saying. I will give you holy water. Yeah. <laughs> right. I mean, that's I, the I that's the literal <laughs> part of it. Yeah, that's the literal part of it. And I, I see that. I've seen these amazing things that people do in what they say over certain water, and then they go freeze it. And they can say some things that are really nasty and disgusting and all this other, mm-hmm. and the water will transform that way, and it'll become... I don't know any other way to say it except corrupted. It won't make anything beautiful. It's just a chaos. But others, you can take even pictures. I've seen those. And it will duplicate the picture of it. I mean, it's it's right. a pretty fantastic thing, what God has made, and water, and <laughs> all of crazy. these things. I just, I told people, even our friend Gloria, uh, who yeah. started off the thing, I just, I, I was sitting there going, who looks at, who lo- who thinks to look at that uh, for right. for healing? And yet, what has our Father done? He's put it all here. If we'll just listen to Him, if we'll do what what He has said, and I would say, yeah, definitely the moral issue that is the the main thing. I mean, we're talking about sin, and obviously, from the perspective of the Scriptures, there is a remedy for that, and that is Jesus Christ. But there's also this issue of maintaining our health, and I think he laid all of that out in the Old Testament when he said, I'm setting before you today life and death. Choose life, but men love death more than they love life. I mean, look at what often men have. They have pictures of death. They watch movies of death. They want to read uh, books full of death. They They don't want life, and I don't know why that is. I don't know what's so intriguing about that. It's it's a it's a part of I think God's divine design about helping us achieve our own spiritual development. I mean it, it's the, to me the greatest gift out after existence that God gave us is free will. You know I mean how incredibly benevolent do you have to be to say look I'm going to give you everything you need and along with that I'm going to give you the freedom to just completely go away from all of it if it's your choice because i think god knows that it's a part of the learning process for us you know and and 
part of that learning process is, you know, you have to be able to experience what life is like when you make poor decisions and the negativity and the things that you come up so you can decide whether you want to make a better choice. For me with everyone, Tim, it comes down to a simple question of, well, are you happy? You know, I mean, that's really what it gets down to. And so many people will tell you when you really ask them that question and they give you a, a candid answer that they're not happy. And that's where you can start going, well, okay, well, if you're not happy, this is the gift of, of your existence. You have the freedom and the power to change that. And I have met a lot of people in the last four years. Uh, and I can tell you the people who are faith bound are happy. You know, it's just, Amen. it's just kind of matter of fact. And it's like, okay, well, that seems like it's pretty important to me. That seems like it's as important as water and air and, and food. Well, sure. But we I, you know, Look, we have in our catechism, uh, Westminster Catechism. What's the first question? Well, you know, what is the chief end of man? It is to mm. glorify God mm -hmm. and to enjoy him forever. Yeah, if you're not right. happy with God, you're not going to be happy. And I know a lot of people say they're happy doing their, their sins and everything else. They're not. When you really get down to it, just like what you said, you can find all these stars, these uh, musicians and stuff that have made it really big. And then when you really get down to it, they're some of the most miserable people that you'll find on the earth. Why? Mm -hmm. Because they're trying to satisfy themselves with the very things that God said, that's not going to satisfy you. That's going to destroy you. Instead, follow my ways. And part mm -hmm. of that, I think, is in our, the, the food and the water that we're taking in. I'm convinced, brother, that what happened with me just on a six-week reboot, if you will, leaving off some mm -hmm. animal products for, for a time, dairy and stuff, juicing, uh, the, the intermittent fasting. You hit on the thing about eating only when you're hungry. Well, I've been doing that, and I didn't even think about it. Uh, mm -hmm. Doing those kinds of things, not only did I lose weight, I gained I gained that which I didn't wasn't even expecting. What you said, a clarity of mind, the fog lifted off my mind. I gained energy, all of that. I, I can't help but say that is that's a work of God in my life. That is a work of God in my life. Yeah, sure, I chose to do it, but I believe what the Scripture says that He works in us both to will. And to do his good pleasure. Do you have a couple minutes you you want to hang with us uh, over over here, or do you got to be somewhere? Oh no, I have a few minutes, and I I, I would say one of my okay. one of my favorite. Um, can can you hold, of, hold hold that thought? Hold that yeah. thought because what okay. I want to what I want to do we're we're going to close out here in like ten seconds. This is where you can find uh, Dr. Healy, EnergeticHealthInstitute.org energetichealthinstitute.org be sure to check out the freebies he's got there for you as well and I'm sure he's at your service anytime you need to have that uh, join us on sonsoflibertymedia.com before it's news.com or where's the other place we're at Rumble, Sons of Liberty Radio Live and uh, for the rest of this we're going to hold Dr. Ely over just for a few minutes and then Bradley be with you at 3 and we'll see you Lord willing in the morning 6am bright and early, adios Okay, want to welcome everybody coming over from the radio. And Dr. Lee, didn't didn't mean to uh, cut you off there, but I just I did want to get the plug in for your site if people are interested in checking that out. But go ahead with your thought. Well, I I think um, I think Jesus is a perfect example of of what we can be. You know, um, forty days and forty nights in the desert fasting. Right, Jesus was giving us a roadmap to God, saying. Fasting, you got to get the body clean and clear. 
Uh, I think um, one of my favorite accounts, my favorite account of Jesus is the bullwhip. <laughs> the bullwhip Amen. <laughs> in the temple. <laughs> I mean, I, there's nothing close for me. Like I, I remember when I first heard that story of just falling in love with Jesus. Like, I don't know what image of Jesus they're putting out there, but he was uh he was the original rebel, right? And he was and not like, he was he was not a he was not a pansy, was he? No, no, no. There was the, the, you knew where Jesus stood at all times. And I think that's that's just it's it's how else can you fall in love with someone but to know that, right? And um but there's this the the when he's talking to his apostles and they had all fallen asleep when he was praying, and he I think it was it was it the Garden of Gethsemane that he was coming yes. out of? Yep. And um and he's and he comes out and they've all fallen asleep several times and he said the spirit is willing but the flesh is weak. And I think what we're talking about here with getting control of your um of your water, purifying it through the process that I've been teaching. And uh when you talk about getting control of your air using air filters at home and and burning organic essential oils and bringing a lot of plants into your home so there's life you know in your home and when you're choosing organic um foods and especially regenerative agriculture foods and growing your own foods and growing them organically as god had has designed for us then i think what you you get is um not only the elimination of the delivery systems of the bioweapons but what you also get from there is the nourishment of what god had intended for all of us and when you get that nourishment in your body you find that it's so sustaining you don't need very much of it you know and you don't have to eat that's the what i teach folks is like you when people are consuming you know two and three hamburgers and things like that and all this fast food it's because those foods are so laden with bioweapons and so nutrient deficient your body doesn't crave calories it actually craves nutrients and so when you eat food and the way God intended, you're getting those nutrients in such a high concentration that you don't need much of that food. And it allows you to eat less, allows your body to be hungry every day for periods. And it allows your body when you are hungry to heal. And that's part of that divine design. And with that comes the benefits of clarity of thought and control over your emotional state. And when you have those things, it allows you to make better choices. And of course, the best choice of all is making sure our choices are in alignment with God's, you know, hopes, I think, for what we are and what we can be. Yeah, I think that I think I look, I've, I've experienced it myself. Um, you know, I was a I was a heathen. <laughs> no doubt about that. <laughs> As a there. preacher's kid, which most <laughs> most people understand now, even though we talked this earlier this week about character qualities of those who are in positions as overseers in the church. A lot, sadly, a lot of them, their kids disqualify them. I disqual- I think I disqualified my dad from my behavior. And God had this way of waking me up. I believe I was born again uh, and believe the gospel. And I believe there's a reason that Jesus had to shed his blood. You know, we're told in the in, in the book of Hebrews, almost all things were were made clean by blood. But the one thing that animals can't do is they can't take away our sin. You know, the Bible talks about um, the, the, the blood or the life of the flesh is in the blood or the soul of the flesh is in the blood. Why do you have to why, why couldn't he just come and they just, uh, you know, I don't know, um, hung him? 
but he had to pour mm-hmm. out his blood. The soul that sinneth shall surely die. And so those kind of things resonated. All that came back into my thinking, but I didn't understand this stuff. It takes it takes the convids here to to help me to help educate me. It takes all of that and God bringing in His providence people like Kate Shimrani, who's on with me every Saturday, and teaching people like yourself, other people coming and teaching, and then all of a sudden it clicks and you go, oh, okay, I get it now. I get it now about this food thing. I mean, I got it here. Now I know it by experience of what this stuff does, and I think it's a good thing. It's not the end of the road, but it is a good thing for us to understand how it affects our minds. And boy, I I got it right away. I must have been so toxic, even though I didn't eat a lot of junk food. I must have been so toxic when I did that little six-week reboot for the veil to be lifted the way it was. I mean, I just, Mm -hmm. I must have been. And um, I, I think people need to understand that. Just, we may be in good shape on the outside. But on the inside, there's a lot of people who are in great shape who are utterly toxic, and they need to get rid of that so that they can think clearly and so they can make good decisions and have control over themselves. 100%. And, you know, we've seen this consistently. We just started a a detox um, course, a detox and cleansing course, where we teach people how to detox their cells, cleanse their bodies, and then fast at the end of it. We just started that um last week and uh i should say yeah last friday and it's so exciting because we we see this replication of experience over the years that we've been doing it and the replication of experience is the cleaner someone becomes the closer to god they also get and it's it's incredible to watch people go from disavowing god and bristling at the very mention of god's holy name and to after they've cleansed going wow something has changed in me yeah and i can feel his touch i can feel his hug around me and it's just it's one of the most satisfying parts of the job for me as a teacher of seeing that happen because that's what happened for me you know i mean you just if you spend your time on cnn and and you know on on mainstream media and you know on your phone and eating whatever they what they call food which isn't food on the ads um, where they're putting those you know bioweapons whether it's weaponized yeast or weaponized bacteria or chemicals whatever they're they're all they know which chemicals they need to put in to take control of your mind this is all mind control well what you have is the ability to say no and you have the ability to seize back that control and you have the ability to understand that there's something deeper than mind control and that is spiritual freedom it's freedom to love the freedom to express very confidently your love for god your love for jesus your love for your creator your love for life itself and to make that the norm on this planet see i i have a dream of i want to live on a planet where we love god and we love each other and i can't i can't honestly say that i'm i'm that that dream can come true unless I'm leading with it by example, you know. And sometimes it comes out to me in very out of me in very strange ways, but it's never ill intended. It's it's, you know, you might hear me use some profanity from time to time, folks. Right? God has given me the green light for that. We have we have had that conversation. Believe me, I wouldn't do it if unless it was proved. 
but it's um you get this you get this opportunity to experience a beauty and a grandeur that god intended for us and i think when you get that taste of it, it it's natural that and this is where addiction can be good you get that addiction to love that addiction to his love and you understand that all of these things we're talking about the water the air the food um the prayer are tools to help you mate maintain the alignment with his love and to walk the straight path that he's set forth for us and that's actually super easy to walk and easier than anything we've ever been told is better for us by man well jesus tells us that he says my yoke is easy and my burden is light right mm -hmm. and yet what is what is the issue for the sinner the sinner's way is hard oh yeah the scripture is true isn't it folks it really is and it's very practical to us i i really believe that dr Lee, i don't want to take up a, a lot of your time it's been great to have you on and uh, and to speak with you and to see you again we we can't do a chest bump like we did you know there in texas uh, but we, we could yeah it. we could try it like that uh but what i want you to do is we always leave this uh i give the last word to our guest if this is your last time being on, I hope it's not, but if it's your last time being on, what would be a final word of exhortation you would give to the audience and then also point them over to your website? Wow. Oh, well. I, yeah, put I, you I, on the hot better, seat. It better, yeah, it, it better not be my last time on. <laughs> yeah, I'm hoping it won't be. I'm hoping it won't be. Um, wow. What could I say? The, the greatest lesson I could ever teach anyone uh, is the importance of prayer. You know, the, the, whatever, whatever your faith is, if that faith is about love and that faith is about developing your relationship with your creator, then the greatest thing that you can do every day is renew that relationship when you first wake up and when right before you go to sleep and all throughout the day. And I think when you start that process of being faithful to the prayers and being faithful to um, your creator, your creator will meet you beautifully in that relationship and start opening doors and helping guiding you if you are off the path back to where the path is. And I think that's been consistent for me. It's been consistent for my students and it's been consistent for everyone that I've ever talked to about this, but it all does really begin with prayer. Um, and, um, you know, to me, Tim, it comes down to a very simple thing. I'm here to do his work. And if we are, can humble ourselves, if we can, the four things I've been expressly told by God to share with the world is to take no offense, to speak truth, to be selfless, and to remain humble, and that these are opportunities for us, not challenges. So um, that would be my message if I were to have one, and to make sure that if there is anything that I've said that is of value to you, um, to give that praise to God. And if there is anything that I've said that is of curiosity to you, to go to the energetichealthinstitute.org and become a student so that you can really explore that curiosity 
and we will do our best job to share what we know with you so that you can walk further on the path um, with your creator. Amen. Amen. That's it. That's a good word. I, you know, I, I, my, our focus here is upon the Bible. It's upon the Christ of the scriptures, the one who was foretold. And uh, I believe that is the true faith. I, I believe it with all my heart. Uh, and I know that there have been the studies, Dr. Ely, about prayer, uh, even among people who, who seem to be faithless, if they just did it, we, we see some studies that the people were were healed uh, quicker and all there's just there's some amazing things that take place in our world uh and we do want to give glory to the true and living god that's for sure hang on and i'll say goodbye to you off air guys bradley be with you at three and then we'll see you back here lord willing in the morning 6 a.m bright and early talk to you then